Welcome. Um, this is Jenny. I'm a therapist in training in Arizona. Um, and this is Dr. Skinner, the um, director of Auto Recovery at Bloom. And we have been working together and crossing paths for many years. It's always fun to do this podcast and kind of learn. And it really is. I enjoy it. off each other. So I, I feel really honored. It's fun for me to, to be here. So today we're doing a retake of a podcast we did about anger. And um, when I think about anger and I think about betrayal trauma, I think, yep, it's a legit real thing. And it can boil up in us in a lot of ways, or uh, it can be bottled and quiet. And, it, and either way, it comes out sideways, and we're a lot of times not quite sure what to do with it. You know, if we just go down that avenue, sometimes the anger comes inward, right? Mm -hmm. So, so in, in my research, when I look at um, what betrayal trauma, infidelity, whatever uh, you want to refer to, infidelity or sexual betrayal, inevitably, there is some kind of anger. And, and so we begin to ask the question, what is the anger about? Right? Is the anger about being lied to, being deceived? Is the anger inward, how could I be so stupid? What's wrong with me that I didn't catch this or know this earlier? But ultimately, anger is a response that we would put in the fight response. Right? So either we fight, we flee, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. we freeze. Mm -hmm. and, and, and anger, obviously, is going to be more in this fight. But what am I fighting for? Fighting for the relationship or fighting to say, you hurt me. Mm -hmm. Or revenge or sometimes. <laughs> or, or both. Or, or, or revenge. Right? Yeah. It comes, out, yeah, it comes out in a lot of different ways. And it's really fascinating to me, too, because anger is one of those feelings that a lot of us are uncomfortable coming face to face with. Right? So there's all this yeah, well, around anger. Maybe yeah, exactly what you're saying. Maybe you learned that it's not good to feel anger. So you better hide that. And so mm -hmm. it comes out in these maybe passive aggressive or underground type ways or inner, you know, kind of hatred of self. Um, it can turn that way. Or maybe you learned um, that anger is really big and it's, you know, it, so you get really big with your anger and really scary. Um, sometimes you learn that anger is something to hide from. I mean, there's all kinds of layers and understandings that we have of anger. And one of the important things I think is to um, address the stigma of anger, where you learned how to deal with anger, your own and others, and then maybe reframe a little bit there. Give anger permission to be and um, yeah. create a container for your anger, you know, a, a container that feels safe. You know, we talk about the difference between, um, you know, something might really anger you and you want to just like, you know, hurt somebody with it. Well, that doesn't, that's not a safe container for your anger. A safer container would be kickboxing class, kickboxing class or something like that. Creating a space for well, it to be. And even if we back up a little bit there, is it okay to be angry? Yeah. Right. So sometimes I've met with individuals who feel a tremendous amount of shame because they feel anger. And, and, and as we go through that, they grew up in a home where anger was a sin. Anger was wrong. Anger is bad. Anger is, you're not allowed to have those kind of emotions. 
And, and now a natural, and I say natural, it is, a natural response to protect yourself, anger, is, is confronted with this, well, I can't be angry because my past is wrong, it's a sin, so what do I do with my anger? Now, if I explode and my partner or others tell me that there's something wrong with me, wow, that's really good for me. Or conversely, I live in anger, and as Dr. Joe Dispenza says, I become addicted to emotion, the emotion of anger. The heightened, yeah, exactly. And that doesn't work very well either. Yeah, so it, it can be really confusing, I think, when, when an individual comes face to face with their anger because there is all the stigma from the past or the cultural view or the family views that we've internalized. And then even just expressing anger, even in a healthy way, that catharsis isn't always conducive to trauma healing. It's a, it's a release. Mm -hmm. But how do we transform anger into something that is healing, an energy that's healing? Because anger is energy. You know, I, I think... Um, yeah. One way I love to think about it, and I learned this when I took some of my meditation classes, I took Hebrew astrology, which was really fascinating. But they talked about um, anger as the symbol of fire. And, you know, that comes with the planet Mercury and the god of war. And they talk about, you know, there can be destructive fire, which destroys and ruins. And then there can be creative fire, which creates a space for something to grow. And I really love that differentiation. You know, how does my, how can I transform my anger from destruction to creation? Mm -hmm. um, and, and let's talk about that for a second, because I often say the anger, in fact, I say this about all emotions, they need a voice. They need to be heard, not repressed, not shut down, not told that they're bad or wrong, but, but all emotions are designed to teach us. And I learned that very valuable lesson from a friend of mine, Sharon Patey. And, and when she had emotional experiences, she would rub her hands together and say, oh, goody, what do I get to learn today? <laughs> right? This, this, this learned woman is like, okay, what do I get to learn about myself and the world around me today? And, and I, it was so refreshing to see this, you know, it's, it's about learning. It's not about bad. It's like, what's driving anger? So I, when I say it needs, yeah. it needs a voice, yeah, what is this I'm feeling? And we need to honor it. We need to really honor and say, ow, ow, I'm hurting. And that's what this is about. Yeah, there is so much power in that idea of practicing the pause and taking that moment to be curious about myself. What's the sensation I'm feeling in my body? What, what am I feeling? What am I noticing? If I stay with it, what happens? If I just stay with it and don't try to change it into anything, just notice it, what happens to it? Mm -hmm. And people see yeah. you know, that it kind of even evolve and change on its own without having to think your way through it. Right. Let, let me address one other part here. Um, if we really reflect on the anger itself, something's driving the anger and and if we don't know what that whatever it is we could say well of course it is i mean i was sexually betrayed right i understand that but how did you, did you interpret the experience what did it mean about you about your relationship about your partner 
So anger is the second hand emotion. What's the driving emotion? Anger is a response to something. Let's go a little bit deeper so we can understand and explore what that's really about. Otherwise, what happens is we get stuck in that anger, which can be stuck in shame because if I'm angry, I'm bad. I can be, okay, if I feel angry, I'm bad. And I'm not able to honor that real feeling that needs honest attention. Yeah, it needs discovery. It needs curiosity. It needs compassion. Even. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I find that too can... that. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, it seems to me that anger often also goes hand in hand with grief, mm-hmm. with the loss of something. And and that can be a scary thing to look at, to step into a real place where you notice I have lost something, something is gone from me. And um, yeah. to feel that. And to feel, you know, there's anger and resentment around that, but then the loss and the pain as well. And, and really what we're saying here is it's, it's valuable to honor the truth, not mm-hmm. to suppress, ignore, feel ashamed, but learn from it. It doesn't mean you're an angry person. I cannot tell you how many betrayed partners I've said, I don't believe you're an angry person. And, I, and how many of them tear up when I say that? Because I really do believe that. I don't believe that they're like, I'm going to get as angry and pissed off as I can. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to see if I can create havoc around my house. Right. Right. No, it's the pain. It's the lack of sleep. It's I'm, I'm stressed. I'm, I'm worn out. I'm exhausted. I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if I can do this. So the anger is a manifestation of being worn out, exhausted, wondering with, whether you're going to be safe with your partner, wondering what they're thinking. All of those things combined. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. I'm angry because I'm tired and worn out. and I'm scared that you're not going to be there for me. Uh, I love the way Sue Johnson puts this. She, it's a question. And it's this, are you there for me? And in betrayal, we don't know that. And because we don't know, because we don't know it, what do we do? Get angry. (laughs) Get angry. I I don't know if you are going to be there for me. I don't know that. We get defensive, protective. All of those things. I mean, and and it's true that anger, how else are we supposed to respond to these circumstances? What other, you know, this is very normal. So love the idea of giving permission to this big, scary feeling that we're not quite sure what to do with. Can I give this permission? Can I explore it a little bit? Could I even maybe write about it? Could I find some outward expression to it? Could I talk about it could i move with it yes can i breathe with what anger feels like Noticing. and now that's how you give anger a voice you write about it you talk about it you move your body about it mm-hmm. it's it not uncommon for me to uh, ask my clients um, how they want to do their anger how they want to physiologically what does their body want to do and it's running, it's kicking, it's punching, a punching bag, right? Not a partner or a spouse, um, but, but, but literally being able to express it. What does the body want to do with the anger? Fascinating learning experiences as they go through that. Just unbelievable. 
I mean, it's interesting to know that, you know, when we're in a stress cycle, everything in your body is telling you to move. All your hormones, everything's gearing up, your muscles, your brain, everything's gearing up to get ready to do something. And it only makes sense. Anger is a stress feeling. And we want to complete that cycle in some way. You know, like you say, run, do, write. I have one client who got on the guitar and that was like, mm. you know, jamming out to that. That was the, the stress cycle release. So yeah. noticing that in our bodies. And, and, and when we notice it, giving it that kind of attention actually is honoring the anger and not ignoring it. And that's really the, what we're talking about today. If you're going to really um, work through the, the pain and the anger of it, give it a voice. Allow yourself to, this is it. This is a voice. And I've had people go on bike rides or go on runs and walk it out and run it out and, you know, whatever it out, because that's what their body felt like they needed to do. You know, I also want to just give this a uh, voice also is like just because because that is right that, that cycle that we feel the stress the anger we need to find some way to get it out but also anger might live with you for a while and you might go through many 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 cycles until you find a way to move through that anger and that's okay too because this isn't just a one and done thing this is a very big life rug ripping out you know it's it's it changes everything. And so there is that, that emotion of anger that might live with you for a while until you can really, you know, untangle it. Cause it's very layered and very complex for people. Yeah. So as we close out today, just the one thing I'd like to say, um, a lot of people say, but it's ruining my marriage. Right? I'm angry. My spouse, my spouse is saying, look, I, I'm not going to talk to you, whatever. Right. Um, so, so to those individuals, uh, your anger can be placed in other places until you can give meaning to it. But asking your spouse to be with you in the anger, they may not be able to hold it because of their shame. And, and sometimes I found that the betrayed wants the betraying spouse to hold their pain. And I tell them there will be a time for that. But right now, if they can't or they reject you, it's usually because of their shame. Because they're now being, re being reminded of how big of a failure they actually were. It's not that they can't it's that they're not yet prepared. And with the betraying spouse, it's learning to hold the anger and recognize, you know what, I hurt them. This anger is about my behavior. It does not mean I'm a bad human being. That's the voice of shame. You're bad, you hurt people, you're a failure. I might as well quit, I can't do this. So my shame turns me away from my spouse when in reality, if you could sit and hold the anger, you might be able to make amends by being present. I can't tell you how many couples I've tried to work with that concept on because it's so incredibly important. It is important. It reminds me of a story I read just real quick, I know. Um, about a, a Hindu goddess, Nila Patakanyata. <laughs> Repeat that. I'll say that twice. <laughs> Nila 
Patakanyata. I think she, I think her name means literally translated falling into the blue or forever falling into the blue. And in this story, it talks about um, kind of the creation of the world and how it was done, but it was all the gods and goddesses got together and they stirred this really dark, inky blue lake and it was exhausting. Everybody took a turn and from the lake would come, you know, the elephant, the trees, the human beings, all the good things. And finally, they get to the, the, the last goddess hasn't yet stirred, but everyone is exhausted and has no energy. So the last goddess stands up, that's Nila Patakanyata. And she begins to stir the lake. And all of a sudden, this blue poison comes up out of the lake. And the god Shiva Shakti holds it there in his throat with yoga. So he brings the blue poison in and holds it in his throat with yoga, you know, as they do. And as he holds her poison, she's able to stir some more. And as she stirs, then beautiful things, emeralds and diamonds and rubies and sapphires, all the jewels come out of this inky lake. And they're the, you know, the hard work, the, the jewels. And um, it's the story of how Shakti holds the poison for her for a little bit, but then he gives it back to her and lets it go back into the lake. So like you're saying, we got to find some place where we can have our poison be held, right? A therapist can hold your poison for a little while. A friend can hold it for a little while. Maybe your partner can hold your poison for a little while, but ultimately it, it is yours and it's yours to figure out. And so, right, we do find those safe places that can hold our poison so that we can extract the diamonds and the jewels and all the good things. Because we all know that everybody's of infinite worth. And, and I find that many betrayed feel a belief, I'm not enough, I'm not good enough. And you, because you betrayed me, remind me of it, so that's why I'm angry. Is I feel anger because I, it reminds me that I'm not enough. And to all those, I say, you are always enough. The betraying spouse had a problem. It's not yours. It's not your fault. Yeah. Well, thank you. I hope that if you're listening out there and anger, you know, this, this topic we talked about today touched you in any way that you can explore and give yourself curiosity and permission around those fiery feelings. So mm -hmm. thank you for tuning in to Love Rice. And how do people get a hold of us if they want to ask us to address questions, Jenny? And I know the answer to this question. It is... Hello at bloomforwomen.com. Questions, yeah. comments, thoughts, whatever you want to say. Awesome. Right. Thanks for your time.